0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. While natural talent certainly plays a part in the capabilities of any actor to perform, there's one skill that has to be learned and nurtured for any actor to really make it in this business. And in part two of my conversation with Joyce Shea, she talks about this all-important ability to learn and memorize lines.
1: There are a lot of actors who struggle with this, right? You know, it's a problem and a burden. And so I felt like I had a unique perspective and a unique insight that I could fill that gap. Like, oh, maybe I can do something with this.
0: Welcome back to Why I'll Never Make It, a top 25 theater podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver Jones, a professional actor and singer for almost 30 years. The website is whyi'llnevermakeit.com, where you can sign up for the monthly Win Me newsletter. It'll let you know of upcoming guests, fill you in on how to access special bonus episodes, and give you a peek behind the curtain of this podcast. So sign up today at whyillnevermakeit.com. Once a month, I'm taking the time to highlight one of the artist resources featured on the website. Last month was the online video community for actors called We Audition. For this month, I'm talking to Joyce about her memorization course and program that she developed called Off Book It!, And our conversation actually picks up where we left off in the last episode. Joyce is a conservatory-trained actor who is also a three-day champion on the game show Jeopardy. As an actor, she struggled with memorizing lines. But as a trivia enthusiast, she learned several simple and easy techniques to boost her memory. She studied and researched the science of memory and learning and figured out what works and what doesn't.
1: You know, I was reading all of these things I was learning and I realized that these insights, these principles are not widely known, even just in our regular education system. And it's frustrating because it's like, these are not super complicated things at all. And like, why don't people just know about them, right? <laughs> like, why, why don't we just teach it to people? Cause I kind of had like my foot in both of these worlds where I was like seeing the connection, you know? I knew in the world of acting in theater, how we didn't learn anything about line memorization, right? There isn't a class for line memorization. Right, There aren't really any formalized techniques or training for it. Mm. And if you think about it, it's like, well, why not? You can't be an actor. You can't actually do the job if you can't memorize lines. And so why is it never part of the training? It doesn't make any sense. And especially when there are so many established findings and techniques and principles having to do with enhancing memory and learning. It's just kind of a no-brainer, like it's there.
0: Theater critic Quentin Letts certainly agrees with Joyce. He wrote in the Daily Mail, Performers who cannot remember their lines should not be on stage. And over the years, there have been some high profile actors who either haven't been able to or just haven't cared to memorize their lines. One of the most recent examples was the 2015 Broadway production of Misery, starring Bruce Willis. His performance was uniformly panned by the critics and the fact that he used an earpiece for his lines didn't help matters any. His press representative confirmed the fact that Willis indeed used an earpiece as a safety net. But memorization difficulties in earpieces aren't really anything new or uncommon when it comes to big-name stars on Broadway. Al Pacino used one while starring in China Doll, and the New York Post reported that there were no fewer than seven teleprompters around the set to help him with his cues. Even Cicely Tyson and James Earl Jones used earpieces in The Gin Game. Now, of course, they were 84 and 91 years old at the time, so we can cut them a little slack. The marvelous Angela Lansbury even used one in 2009's Blythe Spirit. And of that experience, she said, quote, It's not something you ever want to do. But if we're going to play important roles at our age, where our names are above the title on the marquee, we're going to ask for some support if we need it. Fair enough, Miss Lansbury. But it's not just on stage that actors ask for help sometimes. British pop star turned actress Rita Ora used an earpiece during the filming of Fifty Shades of Grey, which was her first major film role. She told Access Hollywood, quote, I had to have someone in my ear on set telling me what to say before I said it, because I was honestly so nervous I forgot everything I had learned. However, I don't really feel sorry for her at all. She only had four lines in the whole movie. I mean, she even called her appearance in the film a blink or you'll miss it role. And what exactly were these four lines that she needed help with? Here we go. Number one, she's here. Number two, oh my god, you exist. Three, ugh, Seattle baseball. And the fourth line, was a sentence in French. I'll give her that one. Well, Rita Ora aside, the act of memorizing lines can be difficult and also stressful. There is the notable example of Michael Gambon, a accomplished stage and screen actor who may be best known for taking over the role of Dumbledore from the late Richard Harris. Well, back in 2009, he had so much anxiety for memorizing lines that it landed him in the hospital, and he had to withdraw from performing in The Habit of Art at the National Theatre in London. He actually did try an earpiece, but he felt it constrained his acting. He told the Sunday Times, After about an hour, I thought this can't work. You can't be in theatre, free on stage, shouting and screaming and running around, with someone reading you your lines. So, a few years later, in 2015, Gambin announced that due to the increasing length of time it was taking him to memorize his lines, he was giving up stage acting altogether. And so it's stories like this that led Joyce to want to find an easier way to memorize lines and a way that she could gather up all the research that she had done on her own and create a system that could help fellow actors. And that's how her program, Off Book It, was born.
1: What I wanted to do was combine the insights from basically three different fields of knowledge. So I was learning, like, sort of the cognitive psychology angle, where it's, you know, based on the scientific research into how we learn. And then there was a memory training, mnemonics, memory athlete type stuff. Humans have a really, really strong affinity for imagery. And so basically these mnemonic techniques are a way of transforming information that is difficult to remember, maybe it's a little more abstract, and representing that information as striking images. So coming up with images to represent the information that you're trying to remember.
0: In an interview with the Spokesman Review out of Spokane, Washington, regional actor Patrick Treadway talks about mnemonic techniques. Now, the word mnemonic basically means anything to do with memory retention, something that aids in the memorization of knowledge and facts. He mentioned one technique that he uses in memorizing a shopping list, for example, called the body list. Now, the body can easily be divided into 10 parts, the feet, the calves, the knees, so on. You assign a shopping list item to one of your body parts, and then you visualize an image that involves both the body part and the grocery item. For example, I will break a dozen eggs with my feet. I will pour milk on my knees. I will chop broccoli with my thighs. Now the point of such mnemonic techniques isn't that it makes sense, but rather it creates a striking image that is memorable. So the three fields of study that Joyce wanted to combine as she created her memorization course were the cognitive, psychological aspects of memory, these mnemonic techniques that I've illustrated, and the third is one that actors are a bit more familiar with.
1: Is just the acting portion of actually knowing how to analyze a script and to examine character and examine uh, language breaking a script down into beats and objectives and stuff like that. There's actually a couple academics that have studied actors and how they memorize lines. They're named Helga Noyce and Tony Noyce. So they basically researched actors memorizing text, and they were wondering, you know, are the techniques that they are using giving them an advantage over a regular person? And they found that, yes, like... You know, even though some actors do struggle with memorizing lines, those techniques of script analysis and breaking things down, coming up with causal connections between lines so that everything has a logical through lines, through stuff, all of those things help with the memorization of text. You know, what I saw was there were actors or acting teachers who gave ad hoc tips on line memorization but they didn't really know much about memory at all. You know, they they didn't know the the actual science or the, the principles, you know, that could help. And then on the other side of things, I saw there were some people that were memory experts that also saw like, oh, this could help with line memorization, right? But they didn't know anything about acting, right? So they didn't understand how an actor looks at a text and how they analyze character and how they break things down. And so that was like a really big missing piece I saw there. And so I saw that like, okay, I think I have a really unique perspective where I am able to combine these things in a way that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Because for me, memorizing It's something when I'm standing up, I'm in the scene, I'm with the other actor, I'm saying the lines, you know, I can have the script there, but by the third or fourth time, I can put the script down. And so that's how I learn. However, if a line changes or blocking changes, I then have kind of lost that line and I have to readjust. Okay, now I say this line here because one classic example is that I was doing Les Mis at a regional theater and we were off book, we were in tech rehearsal and she changed one thing where this cape was going to be thrown at me. And instead of me catching it, it was going to be thrown on the floor and I would have to pick it up. And simple change. However, that night when he did the new blocking, as soon as I bent over it, the line was gone because I had been so used to catching it rather than bending over. So something as simple as a change in blocking then affected where the lines fit into my brain.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's totally, that totally makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. The blocking in the movement, it can really be kind of that double-edged sword. Like you said, it helps you get off book because you're tying your lines to specific movements. It's um, motivated. And so it's in your body, right? Like there's a, there's a connection. There's a, a mental trigger of like, when I'm here, the line automatically comes up for you. Yeah, but when it changes, then it gets wonky.
0: So is your technique, your strategy for doing it, is it really a way to get away from these anchor points that can change, but rather set them in a way that no matter what situation, the line, the memorization is going to be there?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I do have a little bit of a recommendation with that. So so what's going on there? It's a principle called state-dependent learning or it's also sometimes called a context-dependent memory. And so basically what's happening there is your environment gets tied to the thing that you're memorizing. So like when you're memorizing something, the environment is getting encoded in that memory as well. Right, And so environment is understood quite broadly. It can be, you know, the actual space that you're in. I think it also is like the blocking, I would I would say. Um, it can be like your mood, the temperature, the time of day, stuff like that.
0: The other actors, you know, who whoever's there, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. So there's been several studies on this. The one that I, I think is uh, most amusing that studied this was they had scuba divers memorize like a list of words. So they had groups of people where it's like, okay, the people that memorize the words on land and then the people that memorized it underwater. And then they tested it uh, them again later. Okay, who has the better recall? And they tested them on land and they t- tested them underwater again. And so the people that learned the words underwater, they do better when they are tested underwater. And the people that learned it on land, they did better on the test when they were tested on land. So it's a thing where you can get locked in if you're always doing it in the same way. In the same place. The way to get out of that is to just really try to mix it up. I think that's probably the most important when you're kind of in, in the early stages of rehearsal, when things aren't really like set yet and you want to have that freedom to explore and to have that flexibility, right? So I think being sure that you're playing with multiple interpretations, multiple ways of doing things. And also trying it in different environments, you know, not always doing it in in your room or at the same spot in your apartment or whatever, you know, maybe you do it in the park or you're doing it somewhere else, you know, on, on the train, whatever. So as much as possible, trying to mix things up so that your memorization becomes independent of your environment.
0: All right. So let's say you just landed a lead role in a new play. You got the script and there are quite a few speeches and long scenes of dialogue you have to memorize. What do you do?
1: It would start with figuring out when you want to be off book, you know, trying to find that date. So having that date, it gives you a sense of how much time do you have? And this actually specifically relates to a particular aspect of the process called space repetition. It's based on a finding called the spacing effect, where we actually retain and recall information memories better when we learn it and revisit that information in spaced intervals of time. So this is in contrast to how a lot of people cram information or, or they'll do continuous practice where they think that it's the more hours that I put in, the better it'll get, right? The better the memories will be. It's actually not quite like that. You actually need some breaks between your sessions. And so the basic rule of thumb with face repetition is you learn something, you take a break, you come back to it, and you take a longer break, and then you come back to it. So the interval of time in between your repetitions increases. And so the idea is that it's a little bit like lifting weights. And so that's a little bit what's happening with spaced repetition, where once you've got something, you want to give yourself a little bit more of a challenge. And so that's why you're increasing the interval just a little bit each time. So if you're aware of this, if you're you know in a theater production, you have a date that you set that you know you want to be off solidly off book by that date, you can plan how you want to do your spaced repetition so that you're going to be solidly off book by that date.
0: And with memorizing, is it good to go through the whole script little by little in chronological order, or do you take it in as a whole? What's uh, Are there certain strategies for that?
1: So how I think of it, it's good to have a sense of the overall story and to have a sense of what your your character's journey is. So there's sort of this process of starting with an overview and then kind of zooming in and getting more specific on each part of that journey in each scene, breaking it down into successively smaller pieces. That's another part of my process or a principle that is used. It's called chunking.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> That's another you know cognitive psychology piece. I'm able to tie that to breaking a scene into beats. That's a form of chunking. And getting really specific about moment-to-moment connections is an important piece for me.
0: Now, one technique that I have used in the past is where, let's say I have a paragraph to learn. I'll start with the first sentence, repeat it over and over again till I don't have to look at the script. Then I'll go to the next sentence, say that one until I don't have to look at the script, and then add it to the first sentence and say them both together. I'll keep on doing this, adding one line, one sentence at a time, until I've memorized the whole paragraph. So, is this a good way to memorize?
1: That particular way where you're adding lines, there's a possible trap with that where you end up knowing the first lines really well, but then the later lines are like a lot muddy.
0: Right, because you've been repeating the first line a lot, Yes, but then as, as you successively go down, you haven't said them as right.
1: much. So, So I actually think it's okay at first to jump around. As long as you have a strong sense of the overall arc, Mm -hmm. you can break things down into pieces and just target the places that you're really having trouble.
0: And so what have you found through your research and strategies as being that best chronological way to memorize a particular text?
1: Maybe we can give an example as like how you would break down how do you would memorize a monologue, say? Okay. So that first step for me is really breaking that monologue into chunks. And a big piece with monologues, the way they're actually written on the page is they're often written in like a huge paragraph. And so I've found that actually reformatting the monologue so that you have a phrase on each line and then putting a space between beats so it ends up kind of looking like stanzas in a poem I've found that doing that you can see the text and understand the text better and then it's just a matter of tackling it bit by bit and then I try to find the through line so that I can make sure that there's a connection moment to moment that's going on in that monologue and then I use some mnemonic techniques with it you know come up with an image-based link that helps you remember specific important words.
0: And this is a way of visualizing those words or giving them some sort of picture.
1: Right. Sometimes it's enough that like there is ample imagery in that text that can kind of carry it. But other times it's it's coming up with a representative image for specific words. And they kind of act as footholds for the piece. And then it's just kind of a matter of using things like spaced repetition to deepen that memorization, to have that carry you till you're confidently off book.
0: And So is the basic goal of these strategies and breaking it down into these steps that you have is so that it's not just crammed and teetering on the edge of, do I know all these words? And then I just kind of spit them out and then it's done. It's really a way to engraft it so that it's more grounded, both textually, but then also hopefully acting-wise well. It's just grounded and it's a part of you rather than something you're always having to kind of reach out for and grab.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the goal. And I always want to root everything in acting, right? Like the the goal is always to get to the point where you're performing this, right? So that is a temporary measure, a mediating measure to get off book. But in the end, it's about character. It's about acting. It's about moment-to-moment truth, right? And all that stuff enhances memorization as well. My thinking was that I wanted to offer these principles and techniques to show people the most efficient way to do that instead of kind of like piecemeal, oh, I think this kind of works or like in an ad hoc way where we're, there's just no guidance, right? But like, these are things that we actually know work. These are things that have been proven to work.
0: Do you have a particular story of a client or an actor that you've worked with that illustrate this point of of how it's helped someone?
1: So I had one student, we did a session together where he was preparing for a self-tape audition. He kind of was struggling a little bit with like the longer parts where he had more lines in the scene. We just went through it together and came up with some mnemonics, image-based mnemonics to help represent those lines for him. And it's kind of amazing with mnemonics, like when you see it, the effect is really quite immediate. So through that, he was able to to get those longer portions of his scene memorized. And then I, you know, checked in with him a little later, you know, how did the audition go? He said, Oh, it was great. You know, I had originally scheduled a reader for an hour, but I only needed him for a half hour because I didn't have to do it that many times. I only had to do like one or two takes. That's just like a very practical, simple example of how, well, this can just like cut down time. (laughs) Like it can just save you a lot of time in a, just a very practical way.
0: Now, have your students and and actors, have they found that this memorization also then helps with, with, with their character and with digging more into that so that they're able to be a freer actor in that respect?
1: You know, I have this philosophy that memory work is acting work and acting work is memory work. The more they can be tied together, the better. And so doing your acting homework, doing that character analysis and and really tying it to what's going on to this in the script, always coming back to the lines as the evidence for all of your your intentions, that's going to make it easier to memorize those lines. I always want to make sure that that is a very important message that's grounding everything.
0: Absolutely. Well, Joyce, this has been great. Gave me some things to think about, you know, ways to approach different scenes or monologues. So thank you for all your insights.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Patrick.
0: To learn more about Joyce, as always, there is the final five episode, which is bonus content available to anyone who joins the podcast for as little as $3 a month, and it will come straight to your podcast player. For her memorization program, go to offbookit.com. In fact, there's a free masterclass you can take part of. For those of you who subscribe to the WinMe newsletter, you already have a link to that masterclass, but for the rest of you, you can find that link in the show notes of this episode. And anyone who watches the masterclass also gets a $100 discount in her total off-book it memorization program. But even if you decide not to, the masterclass will certainly give you some wonderful tips you can walk away with when it comes to memorizing. Well, thanks so much to Joyce for sharing her insights and techniques when it comes to line memorization, and thank you for listening and joining us in this conversation. If you know someone who you think could benefit from an episode like this, please share this podcast with them. Well, I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, in charge of writing, editing, and producing this podcast. Music in this episode is by Bortex and Chad Crouch. Why I'll Never Make It is a part of the Helium Radio Network and a member of the Broadway Makers Alliance. Join me next time with writer Marcus Scott as we talk more about Why I'll Never Make It.